It says, therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. My people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. That's revelation knowledge. It isn't just historical, natural, like empirical. It's revelation knowledge is what he's talking about. Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are famished, and their multitudes dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself. You know, hell expands her borders, it says in one translation. Hell is enlarged when ignorance is prevalent. And the more ignorance there is in the land, the more hell has a right of way to operate. And the more that you're in bondage, the more the devil loves it, because it's like the policeman who's got his hands tied and his gun emptied. Amen? Amen. How, how many of you know if you, if you went into a, into a riotous situation? Um, you know, you'd love it if all the police officers had their guns taken from them and they were tied up, and then hell can just have a party when the police officers are all bound, right? Yeah. Oh, excuse me, I think that happened this last year someplace. But anyway. Uh, but see, that's the way the devil likes it. He likes God's people to be bound because, you know what? We're the sheriffs from high heaven. We have the authority, and we've got the power. Azusia, that's authority. And, and, you know, the other one uh, is Dinah. Dinah, How do you say that? Um, Dunamis, and that's the, the, the physical power. That's where we get the word dynamite. See, if the devil, let me read it again. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. Hell has greater expression. Hell expands. Hell takes new territory, new ground. When God's people are captive. How many of you know that the, the, how many have ever heard of the Dark Ages? How many have ever heard of the Protestant Reformation? In the Dark Ages, the people of God were bound by tradition, religious Catholic tradition. I'm a Catholic, so I can talk about it. I was a Catholic. And the, and the, and the priests had it so screwed up uh, that they had the people convinced that they were never supposed to read the Bible. Man, there couldn't be anything further from the truth. They, they, they had it that you had to pay indulgences and you had to go through sacraments and, and, and all these things. And the, and the traditions of men made the word of God a non effect and they were completely on a works-based righteousness and completely throughout grace. Indulgences, you paid money to get Aunt Tilly out of pur- purgatory to get her into heaven and, and all these just completely idiotic things. And, and there was great captivity and the devil was having a heyday. See, where people lack knowledge, hell expands. And darkness started to cover the earth. And thank God for Martin Luther, who came along with the Protestant Reformation. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's an environment where the devil can work. So we're talking about captivity tonight. Sin is the instrument or the tool that creates bondage, number one. Romans 6, 13. Read along with me as we go to Romans 6. This is a powerful verse of Scripture over here in Romans. Romans 6, 13. Look what it says. It talks about... Uh, that sin will not have dominion over you. Romans 6, 13 and 14, Neither yield your members 
as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and you and your members are his instruments. For sin shall not have dominion, everybody say dominion, dominion. over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Now let's go down to verses 17 and 18. Look what it says. But God be thanked that you were once servants of sin, dominion over you, uh, you know, servitude under it. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Sin creates bondage. How many of you know Samson was the baddest dude in Israel? He was the strongest guy. He was the judge. He was the deliverer. He was the, I'll kill all 1,300 of you with a, with a jawbone of a donkey. How many of you know that, that's somebody not to be messed with? But sin brought him into bondage. And Delilah talked him out of keeping his oath. And that was the, uh, what do they call that, the Nazarite vow. He, he gave away the secret, he let his hair be cut, and he was reduced to blinding, binding, and grinding, as you've heard me say many times. How many of you know that that's bondage? He came into bondage. Because he married a harlot, he disobeyed his parents, he dishonored his mother and father, he married the harlot, he did his own thing, he gave away his vow, he got overtaken, and he was in complete Blinding, binding, and grinding. And what do we say? That you become more blind and ignorant as you sin. You sin, and then you become ignorant. That's blinding. And then you're in bondage, you're grinding. You're working for the enemy. How many of you know it's bad enough to be decapacitated, not working for the Lord? But, man, it's bad enough, but, but he's working for the enemy. He's grinding their, feed for, he's grinding their food for them. You, the devil doesn't just stop with putting you out of commission. He, he makes you work for him. Yeah. You, know, you become a drug dealer. You know, it's just you got to have your fix. You start working for him and you become, you know, you're not just a drug user. You're a drug dealer with your bondage. Now you're working for the devil. You're not just bound, but now you're, his empl- you're an employee of him. The devil is in the captivity business. The tool is sin and ignorance. But praise the Lord. The Lord has set the captive free. Isaiah 61.1, it says that he will come and set the captive free. Jesus fulfilled that. He says he declared that he hath fulfilled. This day is this prophecy fulfilled in your ears as he came with the book of Isaiah and he read from the book of Isaiah and he stood up before the congregation, which was his custom, and he began by saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the Lord and bring deliverance to the captive. So, Job, his captivity was turned and he had how much more than he started with? Double. How many of you know that tells you something that God really wants you free from your captivity? You can start out in captivity and you can end up with double. God turned Job's captivity and he had twice as much in the end. How many of you would like to have twice as much from your captivity that you're in right now? Amen. Twice as much happiness in your marriage. Twice as much money in your account. Amen. Twice as much joy going to work. Amen. You might be a captive tonight. And you might need to begin to do some things. Amen. Isaiah says that he promises to give us double for our shame. Job got double for his shame. How many know it's pretty shameful 
uh, to lose everything and to be covered with boils and everybody sitting around you, picking on you, trying to tell you why it happened. <laughs> Could you imagine that? All your friends, all your good friends have showed up to explain to you why you're the most miserable, worthless, rotten, unrighteous wretch and why this all come upon you. Don't you think he was kind of glad when he ended up with double? Some of these knuckleheads, you know, around here. But anyway, so he, he, he was no doubt exonerated. Jesus sets the captive free. Joseph, he was in the pit. How many of you think that the devil wanted to make Joseph a captive? He got thrown into a pit. And then he ended up in a what? In a prison. How do you remember the part where he was in prison? He goes from a pit to prison. How many of you know the devil wanted to keep him in captivity? Because if you're in captivity, you can't fulfill your, oh, dream. Like it says there in Psalms 126, that we were, when he set us free from our captivity, we began to dream. See, Joseph was in captivity in the pit. Then he was in captivity in the prison. And I bet he was wondering, when is this going to happen, God? This dream you gave me of all my brothers bowing down to me. You suppose he was wondering if that was ever going to happen from his captivity? How many of you know God wants to bring us out of our captivity so he can bring to pass our dream? And so Joseph, he was down in there and he was in the pit. And I'm sure he was wondering, now, what, now when, when's this going to happen again, God? I've been in this uh, prison for a long time now. And, uh, you know, Jesus was in the center of the earth for three days. And then the dream of the resurrection took place and it fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies. See, there's always seems to be the devil is trying to put us into captivity, but God wants to bring us up. And, our, and a resurrection is a type of breaking out of captivity. Amen? And we can see that because the Bible talks about that. Turn with me into 1 Peter three eighteen through 20. I want to look at some things about the captives and setting the captive free has so many different levels of meaning in the scriptures. First Peter three eighteen through 20, and look what it says. And Christ also had once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh and quickened by the Spirit, by which he also went and he preached to the spirits in prison. The spirits in prison, which were sometimes disobedient. And he's talking about those who were in Noah's day. And how many of you know nobody was born again in the Old Testament? They only had the sacrifices to look forward as a typology of Christ that was going to come someday. You could have your sins covered and atoned for, but you had to go down into the center of the earth. And if you were a sinner, you went down into Hades, the place of departed spirits, or you went over to Abraham's bosom, which was the place of the covenant people of God. And Jesus went down there. And he preached the gospel, and the people in hell got to find out what they were going to miss because of their rebellion and disobedience. And the people over here in Abraham's bosom got to hear the joyous fulfillment of the prophecies and what they gained by being obedient and having their sins covered and atoned for. Can I get an amen? So he preached to those spirits that were down there. And praise God, he led captivity captive, the Bible says. And he brought them up out. In verse 6, it says, For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. 
And so he went down and he preached the gospel, and the gospel is the answer for anyone who's in captivity. Can I get an amen? And in Psalm 68, 18, it talks about how he went and he preached. And, you know, this isn't just in one place. This is, there's many places where the Bible talks about this. In 68, 18, it says, And thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, thou hast received gifts for men, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. And then in Colossians, it says, We've been delivered from the powers of darkness and translated in the kingdom of his dear son. You can go on and on about all these different things. It says our sins were blotted out and our transgressions were nailed to the tree. But see, Jesus can do all this stuff and set us free from our captivity. We may not know it. I saw, and I've used this analogy before too, but there was a polar bear uh, that was up in, I can't remember if it was in a zoo in New York or some some northern state, they had a polar bear. And this polar bear was uh, been around for a long time and they finally decided they were going to let that polar bear out and turn him free from his captivity, put him in his natural habitat, and set him free. You know, they, several years ago, they tried doing that with a lot of animals that had been in captivity, and they found out something about it. And that bear had lived in a cage that was only, you know, I don't know, 20 feet by 10 foot or something. It wasn't a real big cage. And uh, that bear would walk back and forth in that cage all day long every day because he was used to being in captivity. And then when he was set free and they let, turned him out on the tundra, they noticed that he, he just did the same thing he did in the cage. He walked back and forth. It was about 20 feet, maybe 20 yards, I don't know. But it was just a given space that he was used to walking back and forth. It was exactly the same size as his cage. And they couldn't get him. You know, they could move him. They could run him off. And he'd go running away. Uh, but then he soon got back in that pattern. He'd just walk back and forth and he wouldn't go anywhere. Because that's all he knew what to do. He didn't know how to chase down animals and kill them and eat them. He just knew to walk back. If he, if he walked back and forth about so many hours, then food came to him. I mean, that's all he knew. He didn't know. How, he wasn't trained by his mother out in the wild to go chase something, run it down, kill it, and eat it. He was, he was just trained to walk back and forth for, you know, 20, 30 feet in a cage back and forth and back and forth. And then if he did it long enough, eventually, you know, morning time, they'd throw some meat in there. You know, probably noon or evening, they'd throw some more meat in there. If he just walked long enough back and forth in his captivity, he'd get fed. He didn't know how to deal with freedom. He didn't know that he wasn't in captivity anymore. I mean, you know, there's a lot of Christians like that today. And they, they, they tried to help that bear. They tried to, but they says, if we feed him, he'll never learn how to eat him. So they said, we just got to leave him out there and go back. And, and then they, after time, they finally found him. And they found him laying dead in the same place. And all they saw was the tracks going back and forth until he died. And that, that was one of the most riveting stories I have read and think, wow. That really explains what happens to a lot of Christians. That the bar has been taken away. We've been delivered from the powers of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. He was delivered from his bars of the zoo and translated into the kingdom of his natural habitat. But he never knew it. So you can only believe and go as far as the knowledge that you have. That's why ignorance is captivity. Can I get an amen? You can never go beyond what you know. Faith begins where the word of God is known. And faith is the thing that either will give you expression or will, and the lack of it will give you, you know, parameters and limitations on your life. When you begin to understand that you're truly free, then you'll begin to act differently. You'll begin to live bigger. 
You'll begin to go out further. You'll begin to do more bold things. And you'll begin to live outside the cage or outside the box. Can I get an amen? And that's, that's what it means uh, to be set free. So sin is one of the barriers and ignorance is one of the barriers. And Jesus already set us free. He doesn't say he's going to set us free. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointing me to preach the gospel. And he set the captive free. And he set us free. He spoiled principalities and powers. So he took care of the demon problem. The devil wants to put us in captivity, but we've got authority over the devil. But see, if we still have ignorance, we think the devil has authority over us. And so we can have all, all these things afforded us, but if we don't know it, the devil... You know, I, I bet that polar bear still thought the guy that fed him and kept him in the cage had authority over him. You suppose? You suppose that, that big polar bear still feared the guy that kept him in the cage? I'll bet he did. See, I think there's a lot of Christians that still fear the guy that put him in the cage of sin. But that polar bear could have killed, could have tore that guy to pieces once he got set free from the cage. Can I get an amen? We can tear the devil to pieces because we're outside the cage now. We're not in the bondage of sin. Sin will no longer have dominion over you. A dominion is a place of parameters. How many of you know dominion creates parameters? And see, he no longer, sin no longer has dominion over us. And so when we realize that, we no longer have a cage around us or a dominion limiting us. Luke ten nineteen, we have authority over the devil to tread, tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Ephesians 1, 20 through 23, it says, we've been seated with Christ far above. We're seated at his right hand. We've been raised together and seated together in heavenly places at Christ's right hand. Where? Far above all principality, power, and might, and every name that's named in heaven and earth, the Bible says. So we're seated above the devil. We have more authority than the devil. And uh, so what we need to do is, is two things. There's two things that the Christian's got to do. And I'm going I'm to capsulize it and simplify it here at the very end. We need to renew our mind. Everybody say, I'm going to renew my mind. Because an unrenewed mind keeps you in a cage. It keeps you ignorant. It keeps you small. It keeps you not knowing your authority over the devil. It keeps you not knowing your covenant with God. It keeps you not knowing that healing belongs to you. It keeps you not knowing who you are in Christ. And a renewed mind is the only way that you found out who you are, what you have, and what you can do in life. It's through a renewed mind, through revelation, or the killing of ignorance. Destroy ignorance in your life. Just say this, I will destroy ignorance in my life. Number two, I'll repent from sin in my life. Repenting from sin because once you sin, you put yourself under the devil's jurisdiction and outside God's realm of blessing. The prodigal son experienced no grace when he decided to go do the Vegas lifestyle. Somebody say amen. There was no grace in the pig pen. He didn't have an anointing to hear from God. He didn't have an anointing to get wealth. He didn't have an anointing to rise up and be a conqueror and a victor. Uh, the only thing he had an anointing for is to go down, down, down to the low life in the devil's pit, in the pig pen, and live like a, a swine. See, there's something about, and that was, he, he, you know, he was the son of his father. And let me tell you something, sin will keep you bound in a pig pen. And so, if there's sin in your life, you repent you rise up and you turn around and you go back to God. 
sin is bondage. It keeps you, it keeps you in a place of ignorance. It shuts out the lights. Ignorance makes you not know what belongs to you, so you're too timid and afraid to go take what belongs to you. I can tell you many stories of people that had things and didn't know it, and, and because of it, they were destroyed. So, two things. When we begin to understand that uh, God wants us uh, set free from our captivity. Number one, you need to know that Jesus has already set you free. Can I get an amen? amen? We need to renew our mind, and then we need to turn from any sin in our life that uh, sin is bondage, therefore holiness uh, gives us great authority and expression in our life. Amen. Well, let's stand up. We're out of time. I'm cutting some of that short, kind of cutting off here at the end. Amen. How many of you want to be free from any captivity in your life? And I don't care if it's your job. I don't care if it's your, relation, your marital relationship. I don't care if it's your finances. I don't care if it's your physical body. There are things that the devil wants to use to put us in a cage. And you think that it's just leaving the job. is going. No, it's getting knowledge and understanding that's going to get you set free from that. And, 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 and through that knowledge, you might get a different job. Or, or, but it begins with getting revelation in your life. Revelation breaks... The bondage. Revelation always breaks bondage. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. How many of you believe that tonight? Well, let's pray.